We bless you tonight. We praise you. We magnify you. We exalt you. We acknowledge you as the only true and living God. And besides you, Lord God, there's none else. Thank you. Thank you for another day. Thank you for another night. Thank you for the refreshing that comes from your presence. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you. We bless you. Thank you, Father God, for our time together this evening. We bless you for your presence and the refreshing from your spirit. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen. Let's just uh, take our seats and share very quickly. I didn't know if it's the time change or what. I got out and it was so dark. I wasn't sure what was happening. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, praise God. Let's just go through one point quickly tonight and then we'll pray and we'll be on our way. I know on Sunday I was speaking about the, uh, the church in the wilderness. And I don't know how much you remembered, but I told us that the church in the wilderness is a church in transit. Uh, the wilderness is a place of growing. It's a place of uh, development. It's a place where God is raising us up, uh, teaching us new things, and uh, uh, bringing us into our destiny. And we use the Israelites from Acts 738, where the Bible says they were the church in the wilderness as an example, as a prototype to reflect on who we are and how God intends to lead us. Uh, several things we said. One, we said that the work was finished by Moses and therefore as a result the glory of God came upon the, uh, the church. Uh, but not only that the glory came upon it, it remained on it. And that that cloud or that glory or that presence of God continued with them in all of their journeys. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but as I picture this and I just know what God did, it's such an encouragement for me to know what he's going to do now. Uh, you never have to be afraid or to doubt God's presence in your life. If he, didn't, if he did not leave Israel, he's not going to leave you. Uh, he led them supernaturally. And you and I, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says for as many as they uh, are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Uh, and so the point I want to just make tonight and open it up for discussion before we pray and go is the other, is the other point where we saw that Bezalel and Aholiab build the tabernacle. And we established how that God endowed them with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge by the Spirit. So let's go to a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Ephesians 4, 16. We use this scripture on Sunday. It says in the, let me go to Nick King James. Okay, let me see. Okay, let, let me just read it in NLT, Ephesians 4.16. It says, it makes the whole body fit perfectly together. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 
Do you realize tonight that you and I can help all of us go? Do you really believe that? Yes. Let, let's, let, let's not think for a minute about those on the outside. Forget the unbelievers. Now, I'm not saying to forget them in the sense that they are not important. They are important. Jesus died for unbelievers. But what I'm saying is, let, let me read it again very slowly. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. How does that happen? As each one of us do our special work, the Bible says it helps the other parts grow. And when that happens, the next sentence, the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The first thing I want us to see as we think and ponder on that question is, I need you just as much as you need me. We, it, it, it shouldn't just be head knowledge. We should really, truly believe that. We, we should understand that I'm my brother's keeper, my brother's my keeper, and that together we have a collective destiny under God. So let's just, let's just break that down. How do we help one another grow in practical terms? How does that happen? <laughs> Any takers? You say you believe it, right? Multiply. Okay. It's always good to. We can always use the human anatomy. Do the parts of your body help you grow as a human being? If any part of your body was not working or functioning, will it impede the growth or the development of that body? Yes. We all know that. That's yes, correct. Is there any nurse, any doctor? <laughs> I was going to ask a question, but I, I don't even know if I can explain it myself. So I better not go there unless I have it. Since I shall just know yet. <laughs> what happens when there's a problem in one part of a body internally? How, how did God design a body to fight disease? How, how does that happen? How, what, what's, the, what's the dynamics of that? Does anybody know? Ah, there's an immune system built within the body, right? And when something goes wrong, it's like it sends a signal. Something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, and that system kicks in to fight it. And, and you, you, you are just minding your own business, doing whatever you want to do, but that thing is happening. It's taking place. It's almost like an automatic thing. It kicks in automatically. We are the body of Christ. So, so how, how can we help one another grow? Walk in love. Walk in, love. in fact, that is a very good, that's a very good point. To, to just buttress the point, let's go back to Ephesians chapter 4. That is very good. Look at verse 15. See, it's always good 
whenever you're trying to understand scriptures to look at the context, don't just take that scripture by itself, out of context, because if you do that, you're going to get wrong conclusions. Okay, so the verses above that, actually we can start from verse 14, Ephesians 4, 14, said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So it goes on in verse 14, it says, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him, into all things, which is the head, even Christ. So definitely, what Sister Kenny said is definitely correct. We grow, we help one another grow by speaking the truth of walking in love. Now, that leads me to another question. How does that happen? What's the practicality of that? I can meet if it is on your own okay by reaching out to them and I'm just pushing us because I want, I want us to nail it on the head. What you're saying is true. But who's them? By reaching out to them. <laughs> so in this case, okay, let's, so we're in the room now. You want, to help, you want to help us grow in love. So you come to the room, you look at our face. Greg, let me reach out to Greg. I, I'm, try, I'm, try, I'm trying to bring it. What, 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 what happens? You're on the right track. Ah, there you go. Thank you. There must be a relationship. Okay, let me go to a scripture. And then we, it's not a mystery. And we're on there. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. Can anybody else just read so I can get you guys involved? Galatians 2, 11. You can read it in any translation you want. Mm -hmm. Good. This is Paul writing. And this has to do with the church in Antioch. This is the church from which the word Christians was first used. It was the, it was the most thriving church in the New Testament. The Antioch church. It was a sending church. It was a church where people are trained and they released and sent out. This was the church from which Paul, Silas, were called apart, prayed for, and sent out to go and be missionaries to the world. Antioch church. Very mature church. What's happening here in Galatians? Paul has been teaching about grace. The doctrine of the fact that we don't do works in order to please God. And that God has brought us into a new liberty. Not liberty to sin, but liberty and occasion to bless God and to worship God freely. It's established that teaching. Peter has received it. He's understanding it. He's working in it. 
Peter gets to Galatia. And because of the Jews who are still hard in their thinking, in their understanding, who would not leave the law alone and walk in grace, when Peter got to Galatia, before the Jews came around, he was freely fellowshipping with the Gentiles, they were eating together, sharing together, they were having a great time. Immediately the Jews from Jerusalem came around, he backed off. Stop talking to the Gentiles. Stop eating with the Gentiles. It created a division. And so Paul came around and saw this whole thing happen. He said, wow, Peter, you ought to know better than this. And challenged him head on. Why did he challenge him? Why do you guys think he challenged him? We just read it. He blamed him. Confronted him. King James, when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Because what he was doing, number one, was hypocrisy. Number two, that action had the potential of causing the Gentiles to turn against God. If that was to happen in a congregation, how do you handle that? Okay, let me back up. Is that happening in our congregation? Yes. Maybe it's not the matter of Jews and the Gentiles. Are there other things that's happening between brother and sister? Yes. Between two brothers, two sisters? Yes. That we are aware of? But because we have not accepted our responsibility that every joint has something to supply, do you understand what I'm saying to you? Right. And understand what Kenny said to us, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15, that we speak the truth in love. So we bypass that situation. We go to Diola and talk to him about it, but we've never talked to the person. We go to uh, Pierre and talk to him about it, but we never talk to her about it. And before you know it, the entire congregation is desensitized. Everybody looks at that man or that woman. They say, hey, watch out. That person is a troublemaker. I know that because X, Y told me, John Dale told me. And before you know it, the entire congregation or the workplace or the marketplace is fragmented. And nobody knows the root cause of the situation. Listen, I'm telling you, we have to be extremely careful. All of us must receive the courage and understand the grace of God and walk in the love of God to the point where we can actually talk to, rather than me just receiving an accusation against uh, Brother Owen. And because of that, not talking to him about it and just check out. And carry that bad news to Greg and to her and to him and just say, ah, watch out for that man. It's wrong. Even in the worst case, when the person is actually doing what they said they did, maybe they, they were, maybe they are really a bad person. Do you know what's driving them to being bad? Dr. McCambi was here, oh, maybe a couple of years ago, and talked about how, as a young boy, he used to walk to school. And there was a neighbor 
that was just, I mean, ignoble. I mean, every day he knew he was going to get it. And he never understood what he did to desire, I mean, to deserve that kind of treatment from the neighbors. Until somebody told him the story of what had happened to the neighbors. And all of a sudden, the harassment he's been receiving became so tiny. That's the key right there for all of us. Our body will not grow. When I'm saying our body, I'm not even talking about just work friend. I'm talking about the body of Christ will not grow until all of us take off the mask. And we're willing to say, Greg, I heard X, Y, Z. Is it true? What happened? What's your story? I know you're better than that. And give him the opportunity to tell you the part of the story you never heard. And when you hear that story and you clear up the whole mess, you just gain your brother. There's a level of growth that develops immediately as a result of that. Rather than just bury our heads in the sand and have, you know, there's a way. Once you hear these things, if God does not help you, it's a way in which he colors how you see the person when you say that, when, when, it, when they show up again. If God does not help you. So we speak the truth in love. Can I just ask us, why is that difficult for us to do? Yes. First Corinthians chapter 13. Correct. But I remember that when we were in college, um, there was kind of like a different rendition about that. And I want to speak about um, the issue of you are hearing something about someone and, yeah. you know, there was one of the interpretations and it was like, I am love, love is my nature. And then it goes on to say, I believe the best about everybody. Correct. If someone comes to me now and says, sister, whatever, whatever, did something, you know, it, we have to mature in love, like you said. First of all, you have to believe the best about every person. I Correct. believe that. Correct. Then, like you said, you don't know what is making that person Correct. do what he or she is doing. Correct. And if you believe the best about every person, yes. and you really, really have an issue with someone, yes. you do not go to the person, you know, so certain that what you are told about that person is true. Correct. There's no way. I mean, Correct. I'm Correct. so sure that person did it. <laughs> That's you know? right. But we have a tendency of always doing that because we always believe that the source that told us is ah, accurate. Yes. Is the best. I mean, you yes. know. But from that time <laughs> on, it, it, it helped me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You can't come and tell me something about someone. Yeah. I will, okay, fine. You said it, but can it really be so? My question, and, and people say I'm the devil's advocate because I'm always like, you have not had the other side of this. Exactly. You have, you are love. Exactly. We are love. We must right. believe the, even God believes the best about us. Absolutely. Even when we sin, he Absolutely. still believes the best. So I, I think if we, I believe that if we really break down 1 Corinthians yes. 13 in yes. Yes. everyday language, yes. the yes. body will grow Amen. a lot. Amen. That's very good. Let, let me give an example of that. Uh, two Sundays ago, uh, we had the um, Thanksgiving service here for Sister Hilda. And 
a couple that had been part of the church that was gone a long time ago came to that service. And um, my brother Kone came and spoke to the couple, well, didn't speak to the couple, spoke to the wife of the couple, greeted her. Now, I don't know if the husband was standing there or not. I'm not quite sure how that happened. But the greater the woman went on, and the husband called my daughter and said, ah, what is wrong with your uncle? That he greeted my wife, but he didn't greet me. That I've been noticing this, that's, what did I do to him? See, my, my daughter was very perplexed and said, because she wasn't there when it happened. So, I mean, oh, I'm sorry, I, I mean, there must be a mistake. No, there, there's, there's no mistake. There's no mistake. He, he ignored me. And, and that he's been coming to church here many times since then, that, he, that even though he left the church, he sees me, I greet him, but that was your uncle's problem. <sighs> so my daughter told me the story. To, to Kenny's point, immediately she was relaying the story to me. I said, no, that's not, that's not possible. That's what I said. That's, that's not possible. I said, something must be wrong, that he must be mistaken, that that's not possible. And my daughter said, yeah, that's what I think too. I said, but that's bizarre that the guy just sat, him, sat her down and gave her the riots act and that this your uncle, he has a, he has a problem. <laughs> so I told him, I told him about it. And he said, what? When did that happen? Yeah, it, was, it was just, <laughs> I began to laugh. <laughs> you know, it, it was just totally blown away. Do you know how you can be walking around and people think you're looking at them and you're looking beyond them? Because of maybe you have some thought, you think about something somewhere, someplace you're going, and you just walk right people, and they say, ah, oh, that guy has a problem. He saw me, he didn't greet me. And people are, off- I cannot tell you how many times. Of course it's the majority. Do you, do, do, do you see the passage, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14? That's what it first said. That we should not be tossed to and fro, like a child. That's how it started. He said we should not, we should not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, like a little baby, that we should walk in truth and grow, I mean, and speak the truth in love. If I'm, a, if I'm thinking like a child, in my th- I'm, I'm a grown-up, but I'm thinking as a child, then of course everything offends me. Everything offends me. But not only that, that I'm offended, I do not have the courage to call the person's attention, ah, why did you just walk past me here and didn't greet me? What's the big deal? Reserve it right there and there. But instead, he sprayed it to my daughter. My daughter told me about it. I told my mother. I mean, do you see the expansion of the thing? Yeah. It's a totally different story. This just happened two weeks ago. So we really need to believe the best about each, each one of us. That's where it starts. Oh. Yes. Sir, can I ask a question? Yeah. So in the light of what you just shared with us, mm-hmm. what is our responsibility as Christians? Would we, should we have, even if your daughter shared that with you, now you shared it with your brother, mm-hmm. it shouldn't just end there because now it's out there that this brother is offended. Now, do we need to go a little further and have your brother call the He team? did. Oh, I didn't hear that. Part. Yeah, he did. Okay. 
But I didn't want you to leave these people not yeah, yeah, knowing yeah. that. Yeah, you did. We don't allow these fires, these little branches, oh. fires to continue oh, yeah. to burn into it, burn up the farm. He did. He did. You addressed the issue. Right and, away. And just let the gentleman know. I didn't, I'm sorry if I missed, if I didn't speak to you or whatever. Let Kuna take it the did. higher role and say, I'm sorry. It did. To stop that. Because I'm sure he would go leave this church, not only told your daughter, but he'll go to somebody else oh, and yeah. say the same thing outside oh, yeah. of the church. Yeah, I'm sure it must be on CNN, so CNN's website by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, but, but that's just one simple little thing. There are many, I mean, this guy is not here, long out here, but there are people that are still within the body that thinks like that, does like that, and that's why the body is diseased. Because in a, we are, we, for, like she said, she can't, we can't say any better than that. We have to believe the best about one another. Now look at what Jesus did. Look at, Jesus is a pattern, it's a model. Watch what happened. They are nailing this guy to the cross. Is that a present, is that a present thing? Yes. How many of us have been nailed to the cross before? <laughs> he looks down and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. What? What about the hammer and nail that you do not know? <laughs> I mean, this guy's like, bang, bang, bang. To the point Kenny made, love excused bad behavior. The love of God towards those guys simply covered them and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Can you imagine if we take that attitude every time a brother or a sister does something? That's why the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. It just covers it. Rather than, rather than try to vindicate ourselves, I want to prove that we are correct. Love simply covers a multitude of sins. Pierre, you had something? You had a yeah, mic? Oh, um, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, exactly what you said, sir, happened to me some two years ago. Is it two years ago? Some four years ago. And this lady said in church that um, he's been greeting me for two years. <laughs> you know, I just got to, to the gallery. And she greet me, said she'd been greeting me for two years. So this day, I just turned and said, hey, how are you? He said, for two years, for the past two years, I've been greeting you now, and you, it's like you ignore me, or maybe all you guys that sing on stage, you are too proud. I said, hey, I don't even see you. You know? So I think it's, um, some, of, some of the time is a lifestyle of drawing a conclusion on, um, but I have a scripture here in yeah. <clears throat> uh, Philippians chapter 2 mm -hmm. from verse 2 said, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Okay. Having the same love, mm -hmm. being of one accord, mm -hmm. of one mind. He said, let nothing be done through selfish ambition yeah. or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each Esteem others mm -hmm. better than himself. Now the, the verse I'm coming to is verse 4. Let each of you look out not for his own interest, but also for the 
interest of others. Yes. Amen. Amen. So let, let's just, let me just close this out with the story of, uh, you guys remember Zacchaeus? In Luke chapter 19, uh, I'm not going to read the passage, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. When we see the profile of Zacchaeus before he met Jesus, BC, he was not a good person. He defrauded people, extorted money from them. He was a tax collector, which made him public enemy number one. Now, so imagine that kind of profile. Public knowledge that this guy, Zacchaeus, <laughs> Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus is your friend? Hey! And yet Jesus invited himself to his house. This day, Zacchaeus, I'm going to have dinner with you. In spite of whatever his profile is, reputation, the things he has done, which were not noble things, Jesus put his reputation on the line and went to the man's house. And through that encounter, what happened? Zacchaeus' life changed. So the point is, if all our brothers and sisters that may not be like us, that may not be up to par, that's not as perfect, that's not as whatever else we want to say, we all avoid them. How will they get the benefit of the ingredient that we carry that can rub off of them and make them better? Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house, and the Pharisees said, what? Does he know that he's a tax collector? And just in a few minutes of the man's house, without Jesus preaching anything, the love of God upon Jesus that was so transparent consumed Zacchaeus and said, ah, whoever I've defrauded, I'm going to pay it back. The man just, his life just made a complete 180 degree turn. Not because of a sermon, but because of love that radiated so forth that you can catch it. So what I'm saying to us is the love of God coming out of us can change all of these people that we are thinking are so beyond redemption. If we just let God walk his love in and through us to touch and reach them. Amen? So 1 Corinthians 13, yes, it is true. It's a, it's, a, it's a scripture, I mean rather a passage that, sets, that can set all of us free. It's a daily work. It's a daily work. So this is not just something you hear one day and just you get there that same day. I mean, all of us that sit down here, I'm sure you may know someone or some people within the congregation that you just have heard something about that you just don't think are so calmly and you've walked away from them. We can begin to make that man. We can begin to do so. Amen? Any other questions? Is the point clear? Is it, is it very difficult? Are you going to do this? Are you going to trust God to, to live like this? To live in love and grow in love and speak the truth in love? Because when you build a bridge of relationship, when you, when you, when you show love to a human being, what happens is it opens them up to receive from you. It does. 
I mean, we can just look at the pet, dog. When the pet owner loves his dog, that dog will do anything. Yes. And that's a dog. So you can imagine human being. Amen? Praise God. Let's stand. Let's just pray. Since you don't have any questions. I, I just want to really encourage us to go back and read that 1 Corinthians 13. Find, it, find a very simple translation. Maybe not KJV. Maybe message translation or NIV, NLT. And just read that and meditate on that. And meditate on that. And meditate on that. And ask God to help you that you begin to work out those things in your life. The love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. I mean, that's, that's a powerful one, self-control. So we have it. We, we have what it takes. We already have it in us. We just don't call on it. And so, Father God, we want to thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we acknowledge that we are a joint and we have a supply. We're a part and we have a share to play. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. You've encouraged us to walk, to speak the truth in love, to not be tossed about with every wind of doctrine, to grow up in you as we supply the, from our joints and the parts and the shares that we have. Thank you, Father God, for your love. We love you because you first loved us. And then you said to us in John chapter 13 that as you have loved us unconditionally, likewise, we should go and love others. Amen. We know we cannot do this in our own strength, nor in our own uh, might. By no, man's, by, by no man's strength shall anyone prevail. We know that. It's not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit. We know that. And so, Father God, we thank you for the release of your spirit in each one of our lives, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. That will be intentional in our love for one another. Amen. We'll be intentional. We will find those parts of our body that is, that is not as comely. Those men, those women that are neglected and, and run over. Those that are not as popular as others. We will find them and we will deposit your love. We will empower them. We will add value to them. We'll help them. Help us, Father God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that you open the eyes of our understanding. That we're being rooted and grounded in your love. We'll come to the fullness of who you are. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Thank you for our time together tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we will not walk in hypocrisy. We employ the wisdom of God that comes from above, that is peaceable, that is gentle, that is without hypocrisy, that is full of entreaty. Father, in the name of Jesus, you said if any man lack wisdom, you give to us. So we receive your wisdom tonight. We thank you for it. That we will not just challenge our brother or our sister without wisdom. That we will not do it in carnality or in the flesh but we employ the power of your spirit. Thank you, Father God, that we grow, we are healthy, we are edifying ourselves, and we are fitly joined together to the glory of your name. Get the glory out of our lives. We bless you and we praise your name, Lord, that the fragrance of the knowledge of who you are will be diffused forth out of our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We honor and we bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you.